welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Um, wasn't the dramatic end to the transfer window that we might have been, well, hoping for, expecting? Uh, we will talk about that in a bit. Um, we have the privilege before that, Dom, of being able to discuss two games of football against Fleetwood. Quite different ones as well. Um, we were uh, at real pains to say that you know it was the league one that that really mattered, um, and that went according to plan. Three points. It wasn't a classic, but um, job done. It's Sheffield Wednesday that we've come to expect in twenty twenty two twenty three season. James of yep. um, score first, keep clean sheet, and that's what they did. No real thrills. Darren Moore made changes to the team. Uh, and the Marvin Johnson goal we've seen before, it was the first game of the season, uh, identical to that against um, Portsmouth, where Josh Windass has put the ball in near the byline across the box, and uh, there was Marvin Johnson at the back post, and it goes to show that that is stuff and things that this Sheffield Wednesday team work on a lot of, where um, we've seen it this season with the contributions that the wing-backs have been... Um, you know, giving to this team with assists and goals and getting them into the box as much as possible. And Johnson's popped up with a few goals this season, as has Liam Palmer. And uh, yeah, Lee Gregory missing a penalty. Gregory's season as a whole, I mean, it's just not really happened for him this year. You know, mm. well, I think we expected big things after, you know, he gets 17 goals in his first year at the club. Big fans' favourite. And that's not the first penalties missed this season. So that that was the, the only negative. You know, you're sort of hoping, thinking that if Gregory gets one, maybe a go on a run, but there's still no evidence that that's going to happen anytime soon. And right now, you have to say that Gregory, if you're talking about strongest 11 when everybody's fit, you know, I got some pelters the other day for saying that Gregory wouldn't get in my 11 uh, on, on this season, on this season of form. I don't think there will be a place for Lee Gregory. As much as I love a lot of what Lee Gregory does off the ball and with his hold-up play and link-up, I don't think that he justifies getting in up front ahead of Josh Windass and Michael Smith. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Michael, you know, Michael Smith wasn't here last season, so that does change things. The thing with the thing with Lee Gregory is he is a goal scorer, isn't it? Like we know this, you don't you don't score the number of goals that he scored in his career and then just suddenly forget how to do it. He's, well, he's not been a goal scorer you, you, this season, though. That's not no, a fact but you, you're right, right in terms season, of the fact that at some point he'll get a goal and then he will go on a bit of a run for whatever reason. Yeah. That's kind of how football works, isn't it? And um, I have no yeah, doubt he did it he, last he year. He'll be back in well, the goals before yeah. the end of this season the yeah. good thing about the whole thing yeah. is um, you know we, we are still in the driving seat for promotion from this division even without Lee Gregory being on top form and getting those goals um, looking at it from a team point of view he's still an integral part of that whether it's off the bench whether it is you know in, in the kind of the inevitable rotation that we'll have with, you know with, with postponements and stuff that we've already seen we're going to end up with um, uh, some very compressed weeks coming up in fact in the next two weeks we've got four games of football um, Lee Gregory is obviously going to have to play a role in that isn't he in it, whether that's starting games coming off the bench or whatever it'd be great if he got a goal in, in the next few games wouldn't it yeah it would and you know that sort of feels like a, a bit of a negative uh, sort of start to the pod really with, with Gregory when you still look at it that Sheffield Wednesday have gone four months of football without losing 
uh, in League One and yep. a second in the table and win on Saturday against Plymouth, they go top of League One. And that would be the first time that they'd have gone top of the table since August 2021. So 18 months, you know, that this has been in the making. And August doesn't it? count. No, it doesn't, does it? Well, two well, games, well, well, I think it was uh, four, actually. I did the maths. It was after they'd won at Rotherham. So they'd won three and drawn one. So they had 10 points. But after four games, it doesn't matter. The league table, nobody looks at the league table, do they, in August and September or October, or maybe even in the first half of the season. That's what managers tell us anyway, but we all know that's cobblers. Um, but... You've got Will Vokes, who in midfield, you have to say, he's impressed, done really well last couple of months. Dennis Denneran came in. Uh, you know, I felt he was a bit unlucky not to have got a start sooner, but it was good to get him game time. And you just talked about the run of matches that Sheffield Wednesday now got will come to the most recent Fleawood match, but the knock-on effect with there being a replay. So this squad is going to get really pushed now, yeah, everybody is going to be needed. It is a cliche, but it is true that you know, Wednesday, I've got a busy couple of weeks coming up with the Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you know, Saturday games. And so they come yeah. thick and fast and they've still got to keep grinding out the results. And we all know that the next two league matches are humongous. Yeah, they are. We could have done without the replay. You, you, you're never going to go into a game of football um, not wanting to win, are you? It's stupid. In hindsight, you look back at that after after the after the draw for the next round, which is it's a bit it's a bit crap, isn't it? And you kind of think, would it have been a bad thing if we'd have just you know um, uh, gone out with with a little bit of a fight or something? But look, you know, the point a few people made is once upon a time, um, Sheffield Wednesday wouldn't have come from behind to 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 get a draw in that game against. Um, Fleetwood, there was character there. We were in the draw for the next round. Not our fault that the draw's not very, um, not very good. Um, but um, uh, for me, if we maybe don't win that replay at Morecambe, it's not going to be the end of the world. I know there's obviously a nice bit of money that's involved in going through to the to the next round, but you'd imagine that game's going to be Burnley away, and they are in very hot form this season. I think going to Burnley away is probably a bit more daunting than going to a few Premier League clubs this season. Um, so, yeah, very mixed feelings about that for me. It's a bit different too this year that the fifth round will be in midweek, and I think in the calendar that would mean it would fall at the end of February. And so... Wednesday's February fixture list will get even busier if they get through. And yeah, we're not, you know, we'll be realistic. If it is Burnley, the chances are that Sheffield Wednesday will probably lose that, whatever team that they put out as Burnley are flying, having an incredible season in the Championship. Finch Company has done a really good job. Then again, it could be Ipswich. And so two teams in the same division, similar resources. You look at it from budget, the strength of the squad. So Wednesday, they're still in the hat. And you know what we, we don't really talk about as is a bit boring or it's not, you know, it's not very sexy, really, but it's the financial side. If Sheffield Wednesday yeah, get through, it's still more money in the kitty. Like yeah, no, and they've made, good mo- they've made good money so far when you look at it. I think it would have been around half a million so far, James, from... With the Newcastle game being on TV, you know, that's not to be sniffed at. And if that all helps the pot going into the summer, when we're we're talking about Sheffield Wednesday not going to be after 
League One footballers. They're going to be after Championship footballers. That's what we're hoping for. That that money is going to really help. Uh, hoping to pay, you know, pay to get some players you know, through the door that will be of the relevant quality to compete in that league. Yeah, as I say, you know, very mixed feelings about the whole thing. It, uh, it, it, it wasn't the Fleetwood sandwich that we had so eagerly anticipated because the Cheltenham game was um, was was called off. First of all, just the the good bit of that was it was called off pretty early in the morning. Um, I, I I don't know. I didn't I didn't notice any fans um, who'd already kind of set off or anything like that. So hopefully it was before anyone made a wasted journey. Um, and that that the same can't be said for fans of some other clubs who granted we're maybe not that bothered about but football's got a real case to answer with um with with some of the games that were called off last minute um midweek people that have booked time off work booked hotels spent a fortune on travel um that that's a real problem and and um i think it's it's you know, obviously great that it didn't happen to uh, to wednesday fans this time around um i did think at the time you know what maybe it's good to have this this midweek off and um you know gives chance for you know two or three players to get a bit closer in terms of full fitness the knock-on effect is that it does mean that particularly if we do uh, win the replay against Fleetwood uh, looking at potentially four or five weeks pretty much solid with midweek games aren't we? Well with Fleetwood in the FA Cup okay now Wednesday have an extra match but the positives to come out of it are that we saw Barry Bannon and George Byers both get half an hour uh, and we know how important they are to this Sheffield Wednesday team and I've got no doubt that they're coming straight back into the starting eleven for Plymouth and they're being the team for Ipswich and what you'll see for the Fleetwood replay is that I would imagine Darren Moore will make four or five changes the absolute bare minimum and that's what he's got to do. He has to yeah. do in that situation. He's got to prioritise Plymouth and Ipswich. We know that. That of course. Yeah, that is for Sheffield Wednesday. They're looking at can they stay unbeaten in the league? You know, was it 15, 16 matches unbeaten? Something ridiculous in the league. Yeah, they'd love to come out of Plymouth and the Ipswich matches still with that record intact. Uh, I, I think they'd be targeting a minimum of three points from these these two matches and there's going to be a huge crowd at Hillsborough yeah, the best atmosphere I, I'm anticipating it to, to have been all season at Hillsborough and we talked about how flat it can be at Essex and how it hasn't been great at times this year well I'm expecting the fans to turn up get right behind the team and it'll be down to the team to really put on a show they've got to give the fans plenty to you know, get behind at the weekend. You know, that's going to be the key. Yep. You know, Plymouth are bringing, I mean, fair play to them. I know the top of the table, but that is one heck of a trek and they're bringing nearly 4,000. Like, that is an unbelievable turnout from Plymouth and they, they wanted yeah. more. So, yeah, you know, I okay, we're disappointed that it's a replay with Fleawood, but we go again, don't we? You know, I yeah, yeah. It, it is, I, that, it is that, what that, it is. It is what it is. 
Let's let's look ahead then to the games that are um, coming up. So, as you you just be talking about Plymouth, you're right. I mean, the atmosphere is going to be great. It's going to be a full house, um, which we don't we don't see very often, or or, or near as damn it a, a full house at, at Hillsborough. Um, I I mean, hard really to stress the importance of this game, and we probably don't need to actually. Like, there's no one listening to this that doesn't realise, you know, Plymouth at the top of the table. It's on such a knife edge. Wednesday, three points behind, a game in hand, a better goal difference. Potentially, I mean, you talk about six pointers. Uh, potentially, we we could finish Saturday night top of the table with that game in hand and an even better goal difference. Or we could be six points behind Plymouth. You know, it is a, a massive, a massive game. I think one thing for certain is that it's really important not to lose it. Um, you're not gonna. No, no one's gonna sit here and go, "Well, I'd take a draw," because that's that's not where we're at, and that's not what it's about. But it is mega important. You know that that six point gap would become quite daunting. Um, so this is a. This is you know this is where Darren Moore's tactics and and Darren Moore the way that he gets that team prepared for that game is going to be so important isn't it because you know psychologically there's a lot going on the pressure from the crowd um it's um it's a little mini cup final in itself it's the biggest match outside of the premier league this weekend james yeah, yeah. I, I, simple as that and there's a lot of interest in it. Of course, there is. It's first v second. Both teams have only lost three times each in the league. So, look, Wednesday are going to have to play very, very well to beat this Plymouth team. They are well drilled. They've been phenomenal at home, particularly. They and Ipswich have brought more players in in the transfer window than Sheffield Wednesday. I think it's because they needed to more than Wednesday. I still yeah. think that they have got the strongest squad in the division. There's still that bit of talk, I think, from the critics of Darren Moore that he doesn't win big games. It, this would be a good one to win for Darren Moore, I would suggest to shut those people up that say you look at Sunderland you look at Derby there's other matches where Wednesday they haven't brought their A game they haven't turned up they haven't beaten the teams that they should be beating and so yeah for Darren Moore I think it's quite important that Wednesday get a result in one of the next two matches or I can see that the dissenters will be out and there will be the moaners and groaners that will come back and you're right you can see it now. If Plymouth win over the weekend and the gap goes up to six points, there will be some Wednesday nights that will be panicking and they'll be concerned there. But you then have to go perspective. It would only be defeat number four of the season after 28 matches. You know, that is extraordinary. Mm. The level of consistency and the way that this Wednesday team have been able to continue grinding out results when they haven't always played at the best and they certainly haven't played at the best in the last two matches against Fleawood so they are going to have to take it up a notch but now I'm going I'm really looking forward to seeing you know, Wednesday I think are going to play well I think they're going to get the job done I think they're going to you know I think it'll be tight don't be wrong I don't envisage there being loads of goals against Plymouth but I think Wednesday I've got the quality and they've got the experience in the camp I think they will get the win 
I think off the back of you just saying that it's going to be like a four-all draw or Wednesday to win five-four. That's what that's the. If I was a betting man, that's what I'd be uh, putting on. Dom Housen has spoken. There won't be many goals. We'll revisit this in a fortnight. Um, yeah, I mean, all I, all those things are true. Um, it is. It's a very different. You know, kind of like a, against Fleetwood in the league. Wednesday weren't at the best. Didn't really matter. Ground out the win. There's none of that against Plymouth, is there? You know, this this is a game where Wednesday really need to be switched on. Every uh, every player needs to be you know needs to bring their A game to um, to the table. And um, you know it, 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 you you're right in terms of that that um, that thing that's been you know, poked at Darren Moore a little bit about not winning big games. And and uh, you know I, I'm almost loath not to call it a criticism because we are second in the table. We've got a considerable lead on Ipswich. We could afford to lose a game between you know now and the come what may. Um, we could afford to lose a couple. We don't really want to talk about it in those terms. It would be amazing to see this team go on and not lose another game now before the end of the season. But you know that's unlikely. At some point, um, you know every, every team is 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 going to end up losing games. We don't want it to be the Plymouth game, but you're right that it's not the end of the world. Even a draw would probably feel a bit flat, um, but but it, you know it isn't the end. Of the, it, it, it ultimately it'd be great to win the league. I don't really care. It's just about getting out of this division, um, and that ultimately means what we're really looking at is we're looking at Ipswich. We're looking at Derby, who are making up a lot of ground. You know, they're they're the teams that we need to make sure that we keep a good cushion on. So, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll see how that looks at um, at quarter to five on um, on Saturday. The Fleetwood replay after that. We've talked about that. We'll we'll, we'll skip over that. Um, and then it, I mean, it doesn't get it doesn't get much smaller then, does it? The week after that, Ipswich, um, who you know, as we've talked about. Whatever happens against Plymouth, it's that gap on Ipswich which is the most important thing. So that is another just huge. I mean, you can't. It's it's difficult. You know, we we'd end up using such cliched superlatives to try and put into perspective how big that game is. Yeah, the next two are massive. They are. It's as simple as that. And uh, I, I don't mind using that the, the M word, but it, it's true that um, for for Wednesday, I think psychologically it would be. Really big for the the squad, the club, the fans, and and I think take that belief up another level if Wednesday can get a, a positive points haul from the next two matches. It, you know, I think that's the only way that you can view it right now, and it's a huge opportunity. And Wednesday, you know, they are the team that everyone else in the league should be looking at, and they should be fearing and concerned. You know, uh, Wednesday's form. Wednesday are doing and and have put on the sort of form and run a form and performances that that's what teams who get promoted do and 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 you know so Sheffield Wednesday have set such a high bar and the standards are so so high right now that they should fancy the chances against everyone yeah they've got absolutely nothing to fear from going to Ipswich and, and Ipswich actually had a bit of a dip over January uh, and that sort of coincided with them bringing in a number of new players such as George Hurst and Massimo Luongo and quite a few others. And, and uh, you know, I know we're going to probably get on to reviewing Wednesday's transfer business uh, very soon. Um, and th- this is it. That... It's not, it's not going to take long, to be honest, Don. We've <laughs> no. said two minutes at the end of the podcast for that. Oh, have you? Okay, right, well... Um... I think that, yeah, I mean, for, for Wednesday, focus on themselves, the team selection tactics, that's what Darren Moore, you know, he gets paid the big money for. That's what he's got to get right. He has to. 
yeah. um, and he's got to juggle his resources correctly, uh, more so than maybe at any other points in the season so far. That's what he's got to do really well in the next two weeks coming up. And and if Wednesday, I tell you, if Wednesday've got 10, 15 points out of February, they're going up. This is I, I, I just I, and even if they have a wobble, and I think there will be a wobble. I hate to say it, it's I do think it? yep. there will be a wobble at some point when this unbeaten run comes to an end. You know, we have to accept that Wednesday might win, say one out of four, and there will be panic stations and there'll be people worried this, that, and the other, thinking, oh, you know, have Wednesday blown it? Uh, and this is where it comes back to the transfer business or lack of it. Have they taken a gamble? Have you know, like, should they have done more? We're discussing a bit, but this is it. This everything will ultimately fall down to May. That's when they're going to get judged. And if Wednesday are in the top two, if Wednesday won the league, all the decisions, Darren Moore, recruitment team, everybody that they've taken to get us to this point, they will prove right. Um, I always like doing this so. Uh, naturally, you know, we would love for the next two league games to bring back six points. I, I think most fans, there'll be some that will not accept anything less than six. Most would be fairly happy with a four-point return. Um, realistically, would you take two? Well, I did say before, didn't I? It'd be great if they kept the unbeaten run going. But you, you, the problem with only getting two points is that they won't lose ground over Plymouth on Saturday if they draw with them, but you're leaving the door open for Ipswich and Derby to yeah. then move closer. And you're right in saying Derby, right now that's an eight-point buffer, but we know football, things can change very quickly and, and Derby could still be in the conversation. I still ultimately feel as if they've left themselves too much to do and that it is a three-horse race for the two spots. Uh, um, but when's he in a strong position? And no, to answer your question, I'd be okay with two, but of course, there'd be an it's element you'd be disappointed. You'd be disappointed. Uh, you know, four yeah. points or more—it'd be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be, it would it, be great. It's worth it's worth pointing out. Ipswich are playing Cambridge, who have won, I think, one game since September, October, something. You'd like, expect um, them to win that. Like that. Yeah. They're in dreadful form. Ipswich haven't been in great form. They need to bounce back. That's a perfect game for, for them to um, to bounce back. Um, Derby, I think, have got Morecambe. We've actually hit a bit of, of form. But but Derby, you know, up there in terms of the, the form team of the division at the moment. It, it's, it's not as... Um, it, it it was all looking quite really neat and tidy a few weeks back, and now seeing Derby coming into a bit of form, it's just starting to look a little bit less neat and tidy. Um, so you know, it is it's in our hands. That's the important. It's not squeaky thing. bum right. time yet, James. No, you, we, we can't get it's, that far. It's, it's the start yeah. of February. Like there's a yeah. lot of football to play. There's there's however many like is it twenty odd games still left this season. There's a lot of football to play. Um, we've got to mention actually after that because the games do come thick and fast. Um, I cannot possibly think of a better way to spend Valentine's Day with your loved one than going to Hillsborough to watch Sheffield Wednesday versus Morecambe on Tuesday the 14th of February. I mean, that is, I, I imagine that there will be partners up and down the country who cannot wait to open that envelope with the match tickets inside on that Tuesday morning. It is the ultimate in romance. Um, I think uh, most Wednesday fans would take three points from that game as their Valentine's present. 
I'm sure they would, yeah. Um, their, uh, their partners may say, say otherwise. Why are you taking Peter Hillsborough, Coles freezing, Tuesday night in February? <laughs> to play um, Morecambe. Yeah, to play Morecambe. <laughs> yeah, not one of the, the more glamorous fixtures in League One. And, and you, you've touched on it before, though, and it's worth pointing out, uh, Morecambe, they are no mugs. They are in great form. You know, at one point, they did look doomed and were going to get relegated. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now they're six from bottom. And they have been climbing up the table, and they, they're on a yeah. They've got momentum on a good little run. So yeah, Morecambe are going to be no pushovers, and and that's why you know you're looking at Morecambe and MK Dons. I think is the next home match after that. So two teams they're going to be fighting for their lives down there. And uh, yeah, Wednesday you got to earn the right. It's in every match you have to earn the right. But I think you to really stamp your authority against the lesser sides in League One. That that's where in the first fifteen to twenty minutes you have to play front foot and you have to be aggressive in everything you do with and without the ball and you have to show that intensity and that's what Wednesday I think are really going to have to do very well and effectively uh, and if they do that their quality will come to the fore when they play Morecambe and MK Dons at home I've got no doubt about that. Uh, I've said the grand total of five minutes, eight seconds for us to talk about the uh, transfer window. It's not long uh, enough. Which I uh, w- I would argue is far too long. I don't know how we're going to fill it because um, Aidan Flint came in. He's a player we we've, we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, he's obviously a player we've talked about a lot in the past because it's his second spell with the club. Great to see him back. It was the only business that was done, though, ultimately, wasn't it? And, um, you know, I think that um, there is this feeling. And, and, and transfer deadline days frustrate me as a bystander. I know it's obviously, you know, it's, it's hard for you guys who are actually um, working it. But as a bystander, you see those things which is like, oh, just sign someone. And um, I I hate that because it's like, you know, there's no point bringing players in if, they're, if they aren't the right players. Darren Moore said that. A lot of people have said that over the last few weeks. And actually, that's what happened. The right players weren't available. We didn't bring anyone in. The panic comes from the fact that Ipswich brought in quite a few players. Plymouth brought in quite a few players. All quite early in the window. They've had a bit of time to, to play together. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be hitting the ground running now. Um but that faith in terms of the fact that, you know, this this squad's got us to where we are now, you know, de facto top of the division with that game in hand. Um, so uh, there really isn't any need to kind of panic about that. And I'll take a good positive from this. I think once upon a time, Sheffield Wednesday would have panicked and would have brought in players that actually went on to not play much of a role at all. Um, just because there's that panic there and there's that kind of, we've, we've got to bring someone in for the fans or, or whatever that looks like. Um, so mature was uh, is how I would describe the deadline day in terms of how Sheffield Wednesday went about their business. I wouldn't disagree with that at all, James. And do you know what? Another point that I haven't really seen many people mention is no players were sold. No mm-hmm. players left. And Sheffield Wednesday is second in the table, having a really good season. And have got a number of assets. When you look at the playing squad, there are three, four, five players, I'm sure, that have got admirers in the championship, maybe above as well. Um, and the fact is that Wednesday kept the squad together. They've added Aidan Flynn. As long as he stays fit, and this is the big question mark with him, barely played any football for four months. So what his fitness levels are going to be like. Again, the way that Darren Moore 
manages him through this busy period coming up, that's going to be really important for Sheffield Wednesday. They are thin on the ground in defence. There's no getting away with, you know, from that. When you look at Michael Hequa, since we last recorded the pod, Darren Moore's pretty much confirmed he's not going to be back until right at the end of the season. May not play again this season. Who knows? You know, I mean, so that's a huge blow. You've then got Ben Ben Hennigan definitely ruled out. Reese James, more positive. Sounds like that's a couple of weeks, and Reese James will be back. Um, but yeah, they haven't got loads of options defensively, and I think the fact is that Darren Moore said at the weekend after Fleawood, he made it clear that he wanted to bring in one or two more bodies. And he wanted Sheffield Wednesday, this squad, to be stronger at the end of the January transfer window than weaker. I'd argue they're pretty much exactly where they were at the start yeah. of. So, for me, effectively, they have broke even because it's one in and it's two out. So, Mar McGuinness, Alex Mighton. I don't really include Alex Mighton. What did he do? Uh, How much did he do? Alex Mighton, I heard it on another Wednesday podcast this week, and it was a good point. Alex Mighton would have been perfect for Fleetwood in the replay. Uh, And you would imagine that that's where Deli Bashiru, Backinson, Jaden Brown, the forgotten man of Sheffield Wednesday. That's where those players might get some game time there. Maybe Rio Shipston could get a run out as well. That would be great. Um, But, we're talking about the composition of the Sheffield Wednesday squad and Alex Mighton in only about three or four matches actually made an impact and did something. So what effectively Wednesday done is they've gone Aidan Flint has replaced Mark McGuinness. That's what that's what we've seen. And if Aidan Flint shows the level that we briefly saw when he was here a couple of years ago, then Sheffield Wednesday will be very happy and yeah, right. They've signed him from a bottom-end championship club. Right, This is a guy that's got wealth of experience. We know he, he's not going to bring pace to the defence, but I tell you what, he'd be commanding in the air. He's going to be a threat in both boxes, and he's yeah. going to bring lead to this Wednesday defence. And, and that's what they needed, I think. Uh, just to guide people like Akin Fimewu through it, who's still you know, a pub, really, in defensive terms. And so, yeah, I think Flint is going to prove a really shrewd bit of business. And we have to talk about Michael Hector as well. I'd, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on Wednesday. They spoke well, to him, get a deal done for Michael Hector. He's since gone off to Charlton until the end of the season. What did you think to that? So in the end, we've ended yeah. up with Flint, no Michael Hector. Well, it's it's it, the whole thing's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because um, he... Firstly, I think a lot of Wednesday fans... Uh, it's been like the romance of bringing Michael Hector back. He had a fantastic season with Wednesday, no doubt about um, that. And, and, you know, we had to watch him go on to play in the Premier League when really we'd have liked him back. I don't know what's happened with him um, because you would think, well, you know, he should be a championship level footballer. But then you think, well, if he's a championship level footballer, he would be playing in the championship and he hasn't been. Um, and no no one else has, has picked him up. And some something just seems not quite right there, whether or not, whether it is an issue with fitness, whether there's something else going on, whether it's a problem in terms of wage demands just being unreasonable. Um, f- f- any of those things, if the, the club look at, at Michael Hector and say, "This is just not going to be a good signing for us." I'm fine with that, and and you know, I I 
the whole thing for me, as much as I've thought it'd be great to have Michael Hector back, we think of Michael Hector in terms of four or five years ago. Um, we don't know whether this Michael Hector is the is the same one. Um, and so those little nagging doubts at the back of my mind when it turned out that he you know he'd moved on after we'd had a pretty thorough look at him and decided you know what it's for for whatever reason it's not worth it i it's not only that i'm all right with that in a way i was kind of relieved because i think that is the kind of thing that that Sheffield Wednesday of a few years ago would have done without maybe thinking too much about the consequences and it would be a fairly big chunk of of our wage budget you know whatever this guy's played in the premier league he's not going to be playing for 500 quid a week so um you know it it would have been um it would have been a bit risky at a point where we don't really need to take risks so um yeah i was cool with it and probably a little bit beyond that a little bit relieved do you know what and i made the point on twitter wednesday won't be bullied in the transfer market anymore. Gone are those days where they maybe had their pants pulled down over certain deals. They won't, and terms have to be right for them. And with Michael Hector, they had talks and they were interested in, in bringing him in until I think the end of the season. That's what, you know, he's gone to Charlton now and he's with them there until the end of the season. But Wednesday, they had a good look at him and they made their mind up and when you know what? Um, if we can't reach an agreement that suits us, we're not going to do the deal. And Aidan Flint was there. And so uh, for Wednesday, I know that there'd be some fans that'd be disappointed that they didn't bring in Hector. Do you know what? I'm in the position really in defence that they wanted is they did want a right-sided player more than another centre-half, which I thought was interesting, which then suggests to me that they wanted to keep Liam Parler probably more in the back three than actually move him to right wing back. And and we know that right wing back Jack Hunt's come back into the side in the last couple of weeks. I still don't think we're seeing the level from Jack Hunt of his first spell at Sheffield Wednesday. I, I feel as if maybe those days have gone, and that really you know he is a League One player. Um, Wednesday are a League One team, but you have to say that Jack Hunt um, has been a bit disappointing so far this season. So yeah, you know Wednesday they could have, like you say, they could have bolstered the squad and brought in another player or two for the sake of bringing in a player or two but I come back to the financial side for Sheffield Wednesday and Alex Mighton the reason they've terminated the loan is that he he didn't do enough in the four or five months that it was Sheffield Wednesday so keeping him on the books is just a waste of money if he's not going to play what is the point of having a loan uh, you know, and that's not contributing or adding enough to the squad so I really get that, but it is a gamble. There is a gamble that Wednesday, by not bringing in another player or two, yes, they could bring in free agents, but we've gone through the pitfalls of free agents before, yeah. and we've just seen it with Hector, um, that it can take too long to get them up to speed. Um, have Wednesday got enough? We're going to find out in May. I think that they have. And, and a striker, again, you, you're still seeing a clamour for some Wednesday fans. Say, oh, we should have got enough forward in. You know, we haven't got enough pace up there. Not a necessity. They did not need another forward. You've got Josh Windass and Michael Smith, both in double figures. You've got Mallet Wilkes, you've got Callum Patterson, and you've got Lee Gregory. Right? There's five forward options, and only two can play, or three if you play Windass in the number 10 position. So, I'm sorry, Wednesday did not need to bring in another forward in this window. In the summer, they do, but that's a conversation for another day. Yep. 
that was that was ten minutes actually on the transfer window. So um, yeah, we got more out of that than I uh, than I thought we would do. Uh, right, that's going to wrap us up then for uh, this episode of Singing the Blues. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you to our partners at Title Law Solicitors. If you want to get hold of Ollie, uh, you can uh, visit titlelaw.co.uk. Uh, Dom's on Twitter at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott. The show is at Dom and James. Uh, you can find loads more links in the show notes for this episode as well. Thanks for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. 